Welcome to Eventful Brighton, where we bring you notable stories and events from in and around Brighton. If you want to keep your finger on the pulse in Brighton, or you want to know what's happening in Brighton from afar, then you're in the right place. Come with me as I get under the skin of Brighton, its people, its places and its events. Eventful Brighton is brought to you by wireworldmedia.co.uk. So I'm sitting here in the Pavilion Gardens, it's one of my favourite places. Um, the sun's shining, but there is a bit of a nip in the air. And I'm um, sitting with a very, very smartly dressed young man who looks like he's just stepped off his yacht. His, <laughs> his name is uh, Richard Stamp. Hello, Richard. Hi there. And the reason I'm speaking to Richard, Richard isn't from Brighton. Richard is actually uh, from Ed- is it Edinburgh or Glasgow? Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh, and he'll probably hit me for, for not knowing the difference, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, sorry about the wind there on the microphone. I'll try and keep it as sheltered as possible. Um, the reason I want to speak to Richard is because he wrote uh, this iFringe app for the iPhone that allows us to um, see what's going on. But before we get into that, let's just get a bit of background on Richard. Now, Richard, I've never been to Scotland, and I'd, something tells me you didn't grow up in Scotland. No, I grew up in the, the home counties, mostly in Bedford. Um, but I've lived in Scotland, in Edinburgh, for pretty much all my adult life. Um, I went up just after I finished university on a short-term assignment for the company I was working for. And it was supposed to be six months, but after one summer up there and one trip to the Edinburgh Festival, I realised that I was never going to move back. So, so basically, you grew up in the southern counties. And what, what was this um, sort of placement up in, um, in, in, in Scotland that you were, were taken on to? Well, I've got a background in IT, um, so I'm, I was working and still do work for a computer software company. Um, I mostly do technical writing now, and so, yeah, it was a project, project based up in, uh, in their branch in Edinburgh, and over time, I guess, I've just absorbed so much from the festival in Edinburgh and from the general cultural scene up there in, in the Scottish capital that I found myself turning more and more to the performing arts and, uh, well, I guess getting in touch with my more creative side. What is it about the festival that, that you like so much? Because it sounds like you fell in love with it while you were up there. The thing about the Edinburgh Fringe in particular, which you'll never understand if you haven't been there, is that it's so overwhelming. The, the whole city just um, it does nothing except do the festival for, for the month of August. And there's so much energy around, there are so many people around. All those hopes and dreams, you know, some people make it, some people genuinely do make it. Uh, some people, of course, don't. Uh, but all of them are going to have an experience that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. So it sounds to me like the festival um, in Edinburgh is very visual, it's very obvious that it's there, unlike Brighton, because we were chatting just before I started the interview and I was telling you my usual joke that I sometimes call it the hidden festival here in Brighton because you can't really see what's going on. Um, is that the impression you get? I really enjoy the Brighton Fringe and there are many ways in which I enjoy it more than Edinburgh now because well because Edinburgh is so overwhelming uh, and so commercial these days but at the same time you could come down from London for a day and go to the beach and pass right through the city and have no idea that there's anything going on Mm. Um, you might see some posters for the official festival but you probably aren't going to see that much about the fringe and that's a real shame because it is a tremendous asset to this city just as the Edinburgh Festival is to Edinburgh and it's expanding it's raising its profile and i hope that over the next five to ten years people will start to talk about the brighton fringe Mm. just as readily as they talk about edinburgh 
Now tell us a little, little bit about uh, this um, iFringe app, because see, when, when I was first introduced to you by our, by our common friend, Mr Paul Levy, he said, oh, yes, he said, uh, yes, Richard wrote it. So I was expecting to meet with a geek. And I was going to introduce him, I was saying, this is the smartest dressed geek I've ever seen. But it was your team that wrote it, wasn't it? Uh, our team, yes, principally uh, a guy called uh, Dave Court, who I must name check because he really is the, uh, the technical brains behind iFringe. Um, but it's been, a, it's, it's been a joint effort, um, and I think that we've been able to bring together the... Uh, the artistic side, the creative side, the understanding of what makes a festival tick with Dave and the team's very strong uh, technical scores and we've produced something which is just for the Fringe, dedicated to Fringe festivals uh, and we hope it's going to help people with iPhones and iPod touches find their way around this, this wonderful city. It's really cool because I'm just getting used to it but it sort of, it, does it beep when you go past somewhere with something going on? Uh, is that the idea? It's the basic idea, yes. So um, it can work out where you are, because uh, just for those who don't have iPhones, the iPhone is the, uh, the gadget to end all gadgets. It's got a, a sat-nav built into it and everything you can possibly imagine. So it can work out where you are, and it will pick out things which are near to you and starting within the next couple of hours. So we sitting here at this table in the Pavilion Gardens Cafe could decide that we would quite like to see a show right now, and it would point us to... Uh, What's going on? I happen to know, because I was looking just before you came, that there's a show just down the road starting at four o'clock, a comedy show. So we can look at that, we can see the listing, we can see any reviews that it's already got. Uh, we would actually see that today it's on two-for-one offer. You know, it's all the information you need to do the festival. Or, of course, a lot of people do prefer to plan ahead, which is fine too. Um, so if you see a show that you're interested in but you can't take it in today, you can press a button to bookmark it, and then you can build up your own personal schedule. So presumably this isn't just for the Brighton Fringe, it's for any fringe going on in any city in the UK, I'm guessing, is that right? Well, we started in Edinburgh last year, and it was, it was a big learning experience for us. It was, um, it was a successful launch, but I think that we've, uh, we've made leaps and bounds since then. Um, we'll be back in Edinburgh again, and yeah, I'm having a few conversations about taking it to more of the UK's fringe festivals, because actually, it's a little bit off topic, but... Um, We've talked no, we like off-topic, go on. <laughs> We've talked about how Brighton is almost the invisible fringe, but there's a whole tier of even more invisible fringes sitting below Brighton, mm. which are all jostling for position, I guess, to become the UK's number three. So I could mention Buxton, which happens in July. There's Buxton, up in the middle of nowhere? Buxton, no, I, I don't think they would quite agree. They're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, are they near the Pennines somewhere, Buxton? They're, they're in the Peak District, yes. And yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it's quite a well-regarded festival. Oh, um, wow. it's, uh, Buxton Fringe? The Buxton Fringe, absolutely, yes. Wow. And the, the Buxton Official Festival as well. Um, similarly, there's Ox Fringe up in Oxford, which happens in, uh, in March, um, with absolute, true, classic British planning. Uh, one of the major fringes happens at pretty much the same time as Brighton, and that's over in uh, over in Bath. Okay. Um, so oh, Bath Fringe, yeah, like Bath's a nice place. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying that Buxton isn't. Just <laughs> that I know Bath better than Buxton. So there are so many out there, and we need to, you know, we need to start appreciating this a bit more. We need mm. to, you know, we need to find out what's going on and go out and support uh, local arts. So was I fringe your idea, Richard? I mean, did, is, is this where it came from? Was it, or did you take it for someone else and develop it? Or uh, it was, it was our idea. Yes, yes. I'm guessing that the motive was to sort of make them more visible and help people find venues and things and what's going on. I'm not necessarily sure that we thought it through that clearly when we, we started out. It was really just that um, I got an, an iPhone myself and I started to see what you could do with it, and I suddenly thought 
well, this is what we've been waiting for all this all this time. The, the world's changing. I don't want to be too highfalutin about this, but I don't know. Be highfalutin. <laughs> we like highfalutin. <laughs> but we're getting. I away can put some music on afterwards if you want in the background. <laughs> we're, we're we're getting away from a position where there were a few newspapers who told us what to see, you know, told us what to do. Mm. Um, and towards a world where we're using blogs, you know, we're using websites, we're using Twitter, we're getting, uh, hearing from far more sources. And that's great, but it does also make a, a very confusing kind of world. And we need something to pull it together, you know, get stuff together into one place. Uh, and I just saw the potential. Now we have the, well, really just little computers that you can carry around in your yeah, pocket, yeah. connected to the internet, that we could, uh, we could start to do that. And I've been really excited and, and very um, you know, surprised and very happy um, about how willing media partners have been to get on board with us. Uh, so here in Brighton, we're carrying reviews from the Argus mm. and from Latest Seven, who you'd imagine would be rivals. But they normally fight. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure, very genteelly. But, <laughs> but no, they've, they've they slap each other in the faces with gloves. <laughs> You're leading me down a path I'm not going to go down. But <laughs> we have a great. I'm just guessing. We have a great relationship with both of them, and I'm sure they have a great relationship with each other. But um, you know, the point remains that uh, you know we're we're working with competitors of, of ours as well, um, and I think everybody sees the sees the benefit of coming together mm. and getting ourselves in front of a, a wider audience and letting people see more than one point of view. I noticed that on the app, or hang on, I've got to get my teeth back in, I noticed on the app that you could submit photographs or was it reviews the public could? Um, we, uh, we can't actually take them from the public at the moment. It's something right. that we're, we're looking at doing um, with a partner up in, in Edinburgh uh, mm. through Twitter. Um, so again, an, an example of how... Uh, new developments in, in networking uh, can help um, but what you certainly can do through the app right here in, uh, in Brighton is to compare the views of different critics so there's one particular show I saw here which has got every number of stars from two all the way up to five oh, wow. from different reviewers because it really divided opinion and it helps you get a, a rounded view um, rather than just going with, a, with, with one person's mindset. So how, how do people put reviews on, on the, the, uh, the iFringe app? Do they have to email them into a certain email address? Or? Well, we're taking them from uh, published sources. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm an, I understand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the things that the team up in Edinburgh, um, led by Dave, has done uh, a lot of work on is working out how to get that stuff. Because uh, everybody publishes them in different ways. You know, the Argus puts them in a newspaper, but also puts them on the website. Yeah. Um, we've got partners who uh, send them out by email. Um, and what you see on the on the phone is just the, the tip of the iceberg. There's this great big chunk under the water, which is gathering it all together and pushing it out to you. Yeah, all the, all the data at the back end. You, you can tell I'm a developer, can't you? <laughs> These, things like, the names like back end and stuff like that. Data. I was trying to avoid using the back end, because to me it always sounds a little bit, a little bit rude. No, 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 you can use it in Brighton. It's, it's perfectly safe to use it in Brighton. Um, now, um, I want you to do something for me. What uh, might be a bit tricky, but obviously... Some of our listeners, like me, may have never been to Edinburgh, indeed may have never been to Scotland. Can you paint a picture for us of what it's like in festival time in Edinburgh? Oh, that's so hard to do it. Mm. If, if you've never been, it's so hard to get your head around quite what it's like. Um, but Edinburgh, the first thing to say about Edinburgh is that it's a very small city. Mm. Um, it's about half a million uh, people. But smaller, but, is it smaller than Brighton or bigger? Um, I think probably overall it's bigger than Brighton. But if you took yeah. into account the whole sort of Brighton, Hove, Worthing, yeah, sure. then we've yeah. got to be looking about the same, about yeah. the same size. Mm. Um, 
And the centre of Edinburgh is very compact. It's divided into two parts. There's an old town and a new town, and the fringe is almost entirely in the old town. A bit like the lanes and the north lanes. Yes, a bit like the lanes and the north lanes. So if you imagine squashed into the lanes and the north lanes, hundreds of venues uh, and 2,000 shows over the month of August, then you've got some idea of how overwhelming it can all be. Well, if you had the iFringe app, it'd be beeping all the time, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you can turn it off. You can, you can put it away in your pocket. Um, in Edinburgh, it actually works slightly differently because the programme is just too overwhelming. So mm. rather than trying to show you everything, it tries to pick out highlights. Oh, and okay, you yeah. can, it can learn your preferences for shows and show you things which, uh, which are going to work for you. Uh, the other thing about Edinburgh, which is completely different to Brighton, is that almost everybody comes up for three weeks and performs every single day uh, for those three weeks. So the programme is basically the same every day. So there are 2,000 shows every day and you've got to find some way to fit in everything that you, uh, everything that you want to see over the course of the month. And of course you can't do it all. It's impossible. Uh, there's an air of... Now I'm, I'm going to say it, there's an air of desperation in the air. A, a, a sort of good creative desperation. What, people trying to make it big sort of thing? People trying to make it big. Well, not even trying to make it big, but trying to take the next step. You know, mm. do whatever they wanted to do when they came to the festival. Mm. And you've got the big names who are there to pack out, uh, pack out halls or even stadia sometimes mm. and make a load of money. Um, and then you've got the student company that's performing in a, a converted basement in a townhouse somewhere. And all they're looking to do is to get you know, get the place half full each night and learn some lessons and be able to tell people that they performed at the Edinburgh Fringe. Such diversity, such a, a range of people, such a range of performances. Shows in you know, shows in toilets, shows in the back of cars. That sounds uh, very bright to me. Theatre, whatever, <laughs> whatever you can imagine, you'll find it there. Now, tell us a little bit about your um, your website. What you do on your website? Yes, so as well as uh, iFringe, which is the iPhone application, um, I've got a website called uh, Fringe Guru. Um, now, we've said that iFringe works with loads of uh, different media partners, and I guess, in some sense, we're working with ourselves there, because Fringe Guru is a reviewer. Uh, so we've got information about the festival. I've got a team of six people, I think, um, who are going out and going to shows. Um, I'm going to two most days and getting reviews published and that must be hard well, someone has to do it don't they <laughs> nobody ever believes that it's work you know I, mean, so we, we, I say to people oh, I'm, I'm working I'm going out to the theatre and it sounds ridiculous but you know it is work because you have the you really do feel a sense of responsibility for it I think that um, performers and people in general have this view of a, a theatre critic or a critic of any kind as someone who enjoys knocking people down and I'm not going to deny that there are some in the industry who, who are like that. But the overwhelming majority of people that I meet are very sincere and want to help people. You know, we have to criticise, but we want to bring out the, uh, bring out the good as well. So yeah, every time I'm going to a show, um, every time I'm writing a review, uh, I'm writing for two audiences. I'm writing for the public, but I'm also writing for uh, the people who I'm seeing there on the stage. And, trying to give them something constructive so yeah it's um, it's a harder job than people necessarily realize the first time they take it up i think oh, i had a quick look at the website today actually and it's 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 brighton edinburgh but there's and some of the other fringes as well is it i seem to remember seeing yeah we're we're branching out so yeah. we, we we started out in edinburgh and you'll have seen that we've got um far more content relating to edinburgh than we have to uh, even to brighton because it is the largest festival and it's where we began um I think it's, it's been going well for us here. Um, this was an experiment. This year was an experiment in how possible it was to take a, a brand new team 
um, people who are based here in Brighton and start to work with them. Um, and if any of them are listening, hi there, it's all going fantastically well. Um, so you have your team of reviewers down here that you're working with? Yes, indeed, which okay. is, is completely different from the ones that we've, uh, uh, we've been using up in Edinburgh. Okay, so, that, so they're local people? Local people, ah. local people. And now that we've seen that that works, uh, it's something that we can start taking to other parts of the, uh, the country as well. Um, I'll be heading over to Dublin uh, in September. Um, Dublin is... Uh, the, the largest festival in Ireland and the, the third largest in the UK and Ireland so it's, uh, it's probably the natural next step um, we'll test out the, the waters there um, and then some of the others that I've talked about Buxton, Cambridge so when is Buxton? Buxton, I, you put me on the spot I think it's in July it's, <laughs> July. it's, it's, it's definitely between uh, Brighton and Edinburgh so it's June okay. or July yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds very good well listen, um, Mr Richard Stamp thank you very very much indeed for talking to us it's been a pleasure, thank you Thanks for listening, hope you enjoyed it. If you go to the main website for this show at www.eventsforbrighton.org, you can see the show notes for this episode and any relevant links to anything that was mentioned. Also, you can leave comments against each show and do feel free to email us at feedback at eventfulbrighton.org if you've got any comments or suggestions. See you next time.